Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Well, we've been reading in 1 Thessalonians. Let's look again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica says, Night and day, praying exceedingly. Notice it's important to him, isn't it? Because he's praying exceedingly about this. What's he praying about? That he might see their face and might perfect what is lacking in their faith. It's dangerous for for our faith to be flawed. It's dangerous for it to lack something because when the emergency of life shows up, we need to have skill with our faith. Not just have faith, but be skillful with the faith we have. Amen? And so we have to make sure that we're sitting under a pastor where we are being helped in our faith life. Amen? Because our pastor is going to be able to demonstrate this for us. Paul knew, I have to see you face to face so that I can take you further in faith. A letter wasn't enough anymore. Uh, reading a book isn't enough. Thank God for them. Watching a, broad, a, a, a Bible broadcast, it's, it's a blessing, but it's not enough to get to the fullness of what God has for us. We need pastors to help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, Romans 3, and we won't take time to turn there, but Romans 3:27 speaks of the law of faith. I was talking about when you go to put and I have a safe in my home, and you go to input the code, Uh, you have to input the right code for the door to open on it. Do you know, even if I don't feel physically well that day, if I input the code, the door still opens, no matter how I feel? Do you know there might be a great assault against my mind? I might be going through a horrific test and trial or circumstances, but do you know regardless of what I feel to where your mind can feel overwhelmed, you can see, you can see I, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Do you know that I can still walk up to that safe, input the correct code, and no matter how I feel, no matter what is opposing me, that door is going to open on that safe. Aren't you grateful that faith is the same way? It is a law that when there are, we take set prescribed steps to the law of faith, it always works, regardless of how our body feels, regardless of what circumstances are coming against us. A law is unchangeable. Amen. I'm not talking about men's laws because men change laws all the time. I'm all the time. I'm talking about divine law. Divine laws are unchangeable. Amen. And we even see that divine law is higher than the laws of nature because we saw Jesus set aside the laws of nature when he worked divine law of faith. Amen. Got out and walked on water. Water doesn't hold up men, but the law of faith does. Amen. He spoke to the seas to be calm. He set aside the laws of nature. Why? Because divine laws are higher than the laws of nature. That's how come what you could never figure out how how can it happen. It can happen with the law of faith. Because law of faith will trump every other law. Amen. So the the Bible talks about in Romans 3.27 the law of faith. Now think about There's the law of gravity, isn't there? 
even if you don't feel good someday, the law of gravity is still working for you. You're not going to float off the planet and lift up above the ground just because you don't feel like the law of gravity is going to work for you. It's still going to work because it's a law higher than your feelings, right? Even if you're going through a great test, the greatest test you've ever faced, the law of gravity works. The law of gravity didn't get set aside because of what you're going through. And I want you to know the law of faith is not set aside for what you're going through either. It will work every time. Every time. And that's the wonderful thing about God making it a law. We can be certain it will always work. And people say, well, you know, there's a faith failure. No such thing as a faith failure. Faith always works. We fail to take the steps that are prescribed in the law of faith. So how about this morning we talk a little bit about the law of faith, to find the law of faith and define it properly. Amen? Turn with me, if you would, to Mark 11. Mark 11, and we're going to see in verse 24... We're going to see this wonderful divine thing that belongs to us called the law of faith. Uh, Those of you who are married and you've gone, excuse me, you've gone through the legal course of marriage. That means you went and had a ceremony where you spoke words. Any of you that got married... Do you notice that you never stood in front of the preacher or stood in front of the judge and they say, what are you here for? And we say, well, we're here to be married. And uh, the judge just looks at you and say, okay, you're married. The preacher doesn't just look at you and say, oh, you're married. They have you to say words. Why? Because you have to repeat words in their hearing. They have to sign a marriage certificate saying they heard you state these words. It is filed with the government. Now it's legal. By law, you are married. And some of us need to be real glad because that it's a law because if it weren't a law, people would be changing that status every day on their Facebook. Today I'm married, today I, tomorrow I'm not. Based on how you were treated, how somebody, what somebody said to you. No, it's a law. You're married whether you like it or not, whether you feel like it or not. Even if your body doesn't feel good, guess what? You're married. Even if you can't pay your bills that day, you're married. Why? Because a law was put in place. Amen. So laws keep us safe from the changeability of life right? It keeps us secure and we know where we stand. Even if someone gets mad at us in the marriage, you know, we're still married. I don't care if you're mad at me, we're still married. And it gives you a certainty and a surety to know your place in that home. Well, I'm so glad God made, made faith on the basis of law. We're sure that, that that law of faith works every time, no matter what is changing around us. And we're not authorized to say faith doesn't work. God's the one that put it as a law. And we're not ever authorized to accuse God's laws of not working. If they're not working, it's not the law that's failing. It's us that's failing. Amen. Just because you had a bad day in the marriage, you're not authorized to get up and say, we're not married anymore. By law, that doesn't hold up. You have to go through the steps to undo that covenant you made. But divine laws cannot be undone by man. 
because man didn't put them in place. <laughs> so we can never say faith doesn't work. If, if you're saying I'm believing God and nothing's changing, then just say this. I have imperfect faith. Pastor, help me. My faith is lacking some things because when my faith has the right, thing, right things operating, my faith is working. And if it's not working, I'm not in faith. I'm not in faith. Even though I may know faith scriptures, even though I may confess faith scriptures, there's no such thing as faith failures. There's such a thing as people failures. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So in Mark 11, verse 24, we're going to see the law of faith stated. The law of faith is this. Jesus spoke. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you will understand this and work this, your faith will work every time. Amen. But... There is the next verse that's joined to this. Verse 25, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. So he's letting us know this is the primary thing that can keep your faith from working, is unforgiveness. If you're in unforgiveness, this law did not go into effect for you. Even though you stated the words, the law did not go into effect because unforgiveness makes that null and void in your life. Well, are there other things that can keep faith from working? Sure, but he's listing primarily the main one where people trip up, and that is unforgiveness. Amen. So the law of faith, according to Mark eleven twenty four, is that we believe, we receive at the time we pray, even before we see the answer show up. Now, if you will get skillful at this, there's nothing you can't get answered in your life. This is the law of faith. You have to believe it's yours before it shows up. And this is where a lot of people trip because they're trying to, they're tr they will believe it once their body changes. They'll believe it when the pain leaves. They'll believe it when the money shows up. But I want you to see this word that's real important in Mark eleven twenty four, When Jesus said, what things soever you desire... When you pray, believe that you what? Receive. Receive them and you shall have them. Now, I want to quote it in a way it doesn't read, but a lot of people are thinking that we're trying to tell them to believe this way. They'll accuse us of trying to say that faith is this. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that they're manifested and then you'll have them. We're not asking you to believe something has manifested before it's manifested. That's not what we're asking. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, believe you receive it. Another translation, well, really, uh, one Greek word for this word receive is take. Believe that you take it and you shall have it. Well, whether the word is receive or take, you do the same action. Receive and take is with something you do with your spirit. It's not talking about the natural arena. It's talking about the faith arena, the spirit arena. Amen. So the law of faith is this. Whenever you talk to God and you pray or release your faith for something, believe, believe you receive it. Take it with your spirit. Say, I take it with my heart. 
I take it with my spirit. And because I have, now it'll show up in the manifested realm. Now it will show up in the natural arena. Amen. This is the code of faith. When you say that, when you say, I believe I receive it, not because I, not because I see it, but because I believe what God said about it, I lay my hand of faith on that thing. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this further. If, I, if Grant was coming to my house, my son Grant, he doesn't live with me any longer, but if he was coming up to my house and I call him and I say, on your way up to the house, I say, where are you? Well, I'm driving up to the house. I need you to stop at the grocery store and pick up a gallon of milk and bring it. And he says, okay. Right there, I'm assuming I'm getting milk. Right? I don't see the milk. But I told him and he said yes. He would get it. So I am authorized to expect milk to show up. If he walks in the door with no milk, we're having a powwow. <laughs> Why? Because he told me he would get it. The Bible says that all the promises of God are yes and amen. He's already told you yes. yes. Therefore, when you say, Father, I need such and such. Your word promised me this. You said yes and amen to all your promises. So I know you don't tell me no. I know you tell me yes. So thank you for hearing me. I take it. Yes. And then you believe from then on it's moving toward you. After I give Grant the phone call and say I need you to pick up a gallon of milk, I'm expecting that he goes to the store and that milk is getting closer to me just like he's getting closer to me, right? That milk is moving toward my life. I don't see it, but I know I got milk on, my, on the way. I'm going to have me some milk, and he better not walk in without it, right? You can lay that same expectation on God. The moment I say it and release my faith, he heard me. And he already said yes before I asked. Why? Because the promises of God are your yes answer that you need. And so you know this, the moment you ask and release your faith, then what's going to happen is that answer is moving closer and closer to your life. Well, it's been a week since I prayed. So what? The milk's still on its way, baby. The answer is still on its way. The healing is still on its way in the sense of it's moving closer and closer to your need. Now, that's what he means. Whenever you pray, believe that you receive it. Believe that you take it. That's what he's asking is that you believe that things start moving your direction at the moment. This is the law of faith. I said, this is the law of faith. You have to understand this. Every answer to your need exists in two forms. It exists in its invisible form and exists in the visible form. You're to believe it's yours while it's still in its invisible form. Now, see, when I call Grant and I say, I need you to bring me milk, it's invisible to me, but it's in its visible form at the supermarket. So he, he knows, he goes to where it's visible and brings it to me because I, in its invisible form, said, bring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he brings it. Your answer is not invisible to God. It's just invisible to you. Your answer lives with him. Your supply is with him. Your healing is with him. The answer to that, that circumstance is with him. It's not invisible to him. 
It's invisible to you. He's wanting you to believe that your answer is in his control, that he's got access to that. He's the author of your health. He's the, he is your healer. He is your provider. When he shows up, he brings all he is with him. That means your healing shows up. Your, your provision shows up. But you, before you see it, you have to know it's visible to him. Amen. This is what it means over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Your healing is unseen to you, but it's seen to God. Your prosperity is unseen to you, but it's seen to God. So you're believing based on what God sees and not based on what you see. I remember I was going through a test years ago. And I was actually up here on this church property before we even built the building. And I mean, I was, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a weighty test to me. And I was walking around on the property, on the church property, and I was declaring the word. And I mean, I was declaring the word. And God said to me, he said, Nancy, you can rest. He said, I've already seen your end and you win. The Bible says he knows the beginning he knows the end from the beginning. What does that mean, he knows the end from the beginning? While you're at the beginning stage of something, he's already seen the end of it. He knows the end from the beginning time. He knows the outcome. So what I was doing, I was releasing my faith, but I was panicked. I was doing it from a place of worry. I was doing it from a place of fear. And he said, Nancy, you can rest. He wasn't telling me not to make my confession. He was telling me to do it from a place of rest because he says, I've already seen your end and you win over this situation. Oh, since I win, now I can confess it joyfully and not confess the word in a panic trying to earn something. Because your answer is visible to God. And while it's not visible to you, you say, Father, I believe you, you hold my answer. You, you're the author of my answer. I take it. He wants you to have your answer. He's not trying to withhold it from you. He's wanting to move it into your need, but not if we don't release our receiving. Yes. Now, uh, <clears throat> many times people are waiting for God to Give them their answer. They're waiting. When's my answer going to show up? When's my answer going to show up? When's it going to show up? When's it going to show up? They're waiting for God to, to bring their answer, but they haven't performed the act of receiving. Now, how do you perform the act of receiving? Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. That's your part. What's your part? What things soever you desire? You have to have a desire for it. When you desire something, that means you don't quit till you receive it. That's the kind of desire he's talking about. He's not talking about the quitter. He's talking about someone who desires it and won't let go of it until they see that desire fulfilled. Many times people think they have faith problems when they really have desire problems. They don't want it real bad. They don't want it bad enough. They don't want it bad enough. And that's why their faith doesn't work. <clears throat> because they don't want it bad enough to stick with it. They'll let their hand of faith go off of it if something just tugs at it. If your faith is going to work, you have to want it more than you want your situation you're in. You have to want your success more than the devil wants your defeat. If his desire for your defeat is stronger than your desire for victory, guess who wins? The one with the strongest desire. 
So one thing of faith that is our part, we have to desire something. That means we're not quitting until we get it. We're not backing up. We're not, we're not vacillating from day to day, going back and forth. Well, it's important to me today, not important to me yesterday. Uh, next week, we'll see. That's not, that's not what's going to receive it. Why? Because there's going to be opposition that the devil's going to bring, and it's going to take real desire to not give up on your faith. So our part is what things soever you desire, we have to desire it. Number two, what it, the next thing, when you pray, we have to pray. Amen. What's that mean? Talk to God about it. So many people say that, that people don't even realize this is where they missed it. They've talked to people about it for so long that they think that that's bringing it before God. They've talked to their spouse about it. They've gone in and talked to their boss about how bad they need to raise. And they've not even talked to God about it. If you talk to God about it, you quit talking to people about it. I love something I heard Brother Hagan say to one young man, a man that worked with Ed Hagan. And, you know, he has such a regard and a love for Dad Hagen. And he said to him, Dad, he said, Brother Hagen, is there something that I can help you with or do for you? And he said, uh, is there something, he said, is there something you need me to do? He said, if I have a need, I wouldn't tell you about it. What's he mean? I don't practice telling my needs to people. I'm talking to God about these things. But see, most people are telling it to others so that they can get sympathy or so they can prompt a response. And so notice here, if you're going to have strong faith, you're not out trying to get the, the, the you're not trying to persuade people toward your need. What things soever you desire, when you have a desire, if it's a real desire, take it to God. He's the one that can fix it. He's the one that can supply it. He's the one that can bring the solution and the answer that you need. So our part is have a desire. Our part is talk to God about it. And our last part is receive it. Perform the act of receiving it. That doesn't mean manifestation. That means perform the act of receiving it. How do you perform the act of receiving it? I believe I receive it now. Then you have performed the act. Many times people are asking and wondering, how come my answer hasn't showed up? Have you performed the act of receiving it? And you have to perform the act of receiving it on a regular basis or your desire for it isn't very much. If you only mention it once, you don't want it real bad. Amen. And you have to understand it's not that you have to say it a lot to earn it from God. You have to say it a lot to get it past the opposition of the devil. The devil's going to oppose the answer that's moving toward you. And he's going to throw, he's going to throw hindrances and roadblocks and distractions and all kinds of things in your way to get you to stop believing it, to get your hand of faith off of it until it manifests. He's trying to interfere with that. And it's desire that keeps you going. I'm not, get, I'm not letting go of this. I'm not letting go of this. That job belongs to me. That house belongs to me. That pay increase belongs to me. I'm not letting go of this. And it's not because you have to be adamant against God because he's trying to withhold us because you have to have faith to get past the obstacles that the devil is constantly throwing in the way of faith. And if you're not going to welcome, or if I could say this, be joyful in the face of circumstances, don't even start the trip. When you say yes to God, you're saying yes to opposition. Not opposition from God, but the devil is doing overtime to block God's blessings from reaching your life. And he's going to throw up every kind of opposition. And if you're going to grapple your way through, you're not going to reach the end.
I tell you, so many people, they're, they're joyful as long as nothing's opposing them. Well, I know God told me that house is mine. I know he told me that I could have that house. And I know he told me to believe for it. But my gosh, everything's coming against it. Well, that ought to be a sign God's in on it. Why? Because the devil's opposing anything God's in on. Amen. And that's, it's not, re just because there's opposition is not a license for you to quit. Who authorized us to quit? Who told us we could quit? Jesus said, hold fast to what you have. He didn't say, be the biggest quitter in town. There's going to be things that are going to stop you and try to stop you or try to hinder you. You got to keep going. That's why Jesus said, uh, he, he said, uh, tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Tread means step over. It, tread doesn't mean things aren't present. Tread means things are in your way and you step over and keep going. He said, I authorize you. When things show up to oppose you, I authorize you. Step over them and keep going. He didn't authorize us to quit and cry and call the pastor and get four people to pray with us. I'm not diminishing prayer, but that's not the law of faith to be a quitter. In the law of faith is you keep going. You perform the act of receiving and you don't come back on that act. You don't step away from that act. No, I've received my healing, praise God, and I'm not letting go of the healing that's mine. I remember there was months and months I was standing against something that was trying to, uh, you know, trying to go wrong in my body. And every day I'd say, thank God I'm redeemed from this. Thank God I'm redeemed. I'd, did I feel any different? No, but I received it. I'm performing the act of receiving. It's God's job to manifest it. It's not my job to manifest it. It's my job to set myself on the law of faith and not come off of it. And I would say every day, I would say, I'm redeemed from this. And one day the Spirit of God said to me, don't quit saying that. What was he telling me? You're getting close. You're getting close. You're getting close to it. Why? It's not because I, it's not because it's getting God to do something. It's backing the devil off of my healing, off of my health. We're not authorized to quit. We're not authorized to come off of the law of faith. Our job is I believe I receive it. Well, when's the money going to come? That's not your job. The manifestation is God's part. Anything to do with the manifestation, leave it alone. It's you have, you're, you can't make healing manifest. You can't make the miracle you need manifest, but you can say, I believe I receive it. Notice this, and you shall have it. That's his part. The, the manifestation is you shall have it. That's God's part. That's the manifestation. Anything that touches in the manifestation, say, that's not my business. It doesn't matter when it comes. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how he's going to get me the money. That's not my part. My part is I believe. I receive it. And every time you say it, you're inputting the combination into that door of faith that's going to open unto you. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.